Well, hey there, my name's Eric Gray, and I'm the Young Adult and Family Minister here at the Regency Church of Christ. I just want to take a minute and say thank you for checking out this message. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Regency or to listen to other messages from this series, we'd love for you to check out our website at regencycc.org. And we're praying that this message will help you grow closer to Jesus. Happy Mother's Day. So I found this article on HuffPost.com, Clear Signs That You're a Mother. There's 10 of them I want to share with you today. First one is this. Instead of running from projectile vomit, you run towards it. You do more in seven minutes than most people do all day long. Going to the grocery store by yourself is a vacation. You think of physical pain on three levels. There's pain, excruciating pain, and stepping on a Lego. You have the ability to hear a sneeze through closed doors in the middle of the night, two bedrooms away, while your spouse snores right next to you. A 15-minute shower uh, with the door locked feels like a day at the spa. Number seven, going to the bathroom with an audience is just a part of your daily routine. Number eight, you've been washing the same load of laundry for three days because you keep forgetting to dry it. Number nine, you can cook dinner, feed a screaming baby, talk on the phone, and yell at kids all without breaking your stride or missing any of the TV show that you're currently watching. And then number 10, a clear sign that you're a mother. By the end of the day, brushing your teeth really feels like an accomplishment. What is motherhood? Well, I would imagine if we were to poll each other that we would have all kinds of different answers, but there would be a lot of similarities within our answers, that they would all kind of center around being a nurturing individual, having compassion, and something to do with having children. Uh, I looked at some different quotes online about what is motherhood, and here here was a couple that I found really interesting. One individual said, being a mother means being an emotional blankie for your children. They snuggle with you at night, run to you when they're hurt, and stand behind you in scary situations. There's nothing more warm and fuzzy. Uh, Another individual said, motherhood is like that one dream you had when you were 16, where you have this big test at school in history. You study for weeks about the American Revolution, but when you get to your chair, you find out that the test was actually in math. And so now you're stuck trying to figure out the square root of an elephant multiplied by the weight of a neutron star. And it isn't until after the test is over that you find out the answer was purple. What is motherhood? Motherhood is a lot of different things. But what I want us to think about today is what does the Bible say about motherhood? On a day that our country is set aside to honor all mothers, what does the, what does the Bible say about motherhood? Well, in order to answer that question, we're going to have to go back to the very beginning. In Genesis 3, as you open up to this chapter in the Bible, you open up to a perfect world. In Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the world, and it's absolutely perfect. It's a beautiful place. There's no strife. There's no sorrow. There's no sickness. Everything is working. Everything that God created is working beautifully. Everything is in order exactly how God planned it to be. But then as you read into Genesis 3, we read this narrative of how sin enters into the world. And we find the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, are standing beside this tree 
and Eve is having this conversation with this serpent. And as a result, she takes a bite of this fruit and she hands it to her husband who has been with her the whole time. And at that moment that they both eat of the fruit, sin enters into the world. The world is fractured. What was right is now wrong. What was whole is now broken. And as a result, we see different things that come into play. We see different things that become very broken. What's interesting is that when God comes to Adam and Eve to find out what's going on, he doesn't call for Eve, he calls for Adam. That God places the blame on Adam. Even Paul writing later on in the New Testament would say that through Adam, sin enters into the world. And God begins to dish out different consequences due to sin. To the woman, he says that you're going to now experience pain in childbearing. And he describes many of the consequences that are, going to, are going to come to Eve are all centered around the home and raising children. To Adam, he says that your difficulty, your consequence is going to be in your work. You're going to be very frustrated. You're going to work and work and work and always be frustrated. Now, something interesting also happens in Genesis chapter 3 around verse 20. Here's what it says. The man called his wife's name Eve. Now, I read that and I wonder, what did he call her before then? Did he have another name? Did he have a pet name for her? Did he just call her woman? We have no idea. But at this point, at least by verse 20, he begins to call her Eve. And that name is so significant because it says she was the mother of all living. Now, here's what's fascinating. It's not until the next chapter, it's not until after this point that Eve actually becomes a mother. It's not until chapter 4 that her two sons, Cain and Abel, are born into the world. And there's something so fascinating here, something so intriguing to me, and maybe to you as well, that Adam calls Eve a mother before she has children of her own. What does that tell us? Does that tell us that there is something intrinsic in most women, that something that you were created with to be a mother-type figure, to be motherly? So when I was born, my older sister, who is five years older than I am, the first time she held me said, my baby. And my older sister cared for me and carried me all over the place. And she has always been a second mom for me. My older brother, who's seven years older than me, did not say, my baby. I don't think he was that interested. In fact, he may have said something to my parents to the effect of, I really don't know why you two chose to have another kid. There's something different about young ladies. There's these mothering qualities that we see in so many of our wives and sisters and uh, nieces and mothers. Is God trying to teach us something through our wives and sisters and daughters and nieces? I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. It's written in poetic form where Moses says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here's what we learn. We learn that Adam and Eve, man and woman, were both created in the image of God. And by looking at each gender, we find different qualities of God himself. You see, God plays part of his 
characteristics, part of his qualities within mankind, within man and woman. And by looking at each gender specifically, we can learn so much about God himself. And I'm so glad today that we are honoring mothers. Our mothers are so worthy of our honor. And not just our mothers, but all women who are in our life who are all in some way very mother-like. And it's so fitting that we honor them. But I don't want us to miss something so important and so true that in honoring them, we also need to remember that we can learn so much about God and actually glorify Him through the different women that are within our life. That when God created mothers, He gave us a glimpse of Himself. So I think there's a couple of things that we see within mothers and within women in general. Number one, we see God's creativity. So women are very distinct from men. And there's a couple of ways that they are distinct. One of those ways is they are distinct physically. And so God, wanting to show the width and depth of who he is, creates a man and then creates a woman. They were created as equals, yet with complementary features. And so when he created man, for the most part, in general, he created man as the stronger being, the physically stronger being. Now, I know that there are exceptions, and I know that you could send me a, a YouTube video of a woman bench pressing 350 pounds, and I know that there are probably many women on this world who could whip me in a heartbeat. I have no doubt about that, but in general, while there are exceptions, in general, men are the stronger gender, physically speaking. But God created woman with physical attributes that a man does not possess. And what we find is that several of those physical attributes are for the purpose of raising and nurturing children. To illustrate, my family has gone to Disney World several times. We, ha we always love going to Disney World and Lord willing it'll open back up and we'll get to go again one day. But when our kids were really little, especially babies, uh, one of the most difficult part of, of going to Disney World is nap time. I mean, how do you nap at Disney World? And if you've got little ones, you know that nap time is not something you can afford to miss. And when you do, you really pay the consequences. And so we decided that our kids needed to nap at Disney World. Now, Haley at the time had this thing called a Moby Wrap. It was like a 37-foot long piece of cloth that you could wrap and fold all different kinds of ways without you, and you could carry a child without, without actually having to hold them with your arms. Now, that's good for a couple of reasons. One, because you need your hands, and two, because... You know this, even carrying small children after a while really begins to weigh on your arms and makes your arm hurt. And so she would put this wrap on and the kids would lay on her and man, they would be asleep in seconds. Well, be trying to be a good husband and be a good dad said a couple times, hey, I'll wear the wrap so that the kids can nap on me and kind of give you a break. And so we said, okay, and I put this wrap on and you look really weird wearing it, but it, you know. Parents look weird in general sometimes with the things we do for our children. And she put, you know, put the kid inside the wrap. And there I'm thinking, all right, proud dad moment. Here I am wearing my child. And they just never could sleep as good on me because my body was not created in the same way as, it is, as a woman's body is created. That I don't have some of the features for nurturing and comforting children. 
And so we see that women are distinct physically, and that shows us the creativity of God. And that women are also distinct emotionally, that women are generally more nurturing and gentle than men are. Now, my girls like to play this game called family. And when they play family, one of them might be the mom, the other might be a kid or might be a baby or might be an animal. They do all kinds of different things when they play family. Me, when I was a child, we never played family. We played war because that's what we did. We went out into the woods and we shot invisible enemies. And in some ways, it just shows the differences between boys and girls, between men and women. And we should glorify God for his creativity, for the things that make us distinct. But the second thing is, I think in mothers, we see God's character. Uh, Isaiah writes in Isaiah 49, verse 15, speaking on behalf of God, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she would have no compassion on the son of her womb? And we know, generally speaking, that answer is no. A woman could never forget her nursing child. And God says, even these may forget, but I will never forget you. Now, I understand not everyone was raised by a godly mother. But many of us have experienced a mother-like relationship with someone within our life. That many of us have some type of second mom. That many of us have experienced the love of God through a mother-like figure within our life. And God calls on the character of a nurturing mother to say, even if a mother could forget her baby, I will never forget you. And that's so comforting right now. We're living in a chaotic time. We don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know if things will ever get back to normal. And, and sometimes we don't know where God is and how he's working through all of this. But here is promise. Like a nurturing mother, I will never forget you. And that should put us on our knees and glorify God for being so wonderful and caring to us. God's promises are true. His love is steadfast and his commitment to us is unwavering. The third thing I believe that we see as we get a glimpse of God through our mothers is that we see God's compassion. So a week or two ago, my oldest daughter, Kinley, was riding her bike and she, something happened and she fell and she skinned up her knee and her elbow pretty good. She comes walking up and it's bleeding. And I looked at it and I said, ah, it's not bleeding that bad. Just hop back on your bike. You're fine. But her mother, Haley, said, come here, baby. And I think it just shows the difference sometimes between dads and moms. That sometimes dads, we can be a little gruff and rough. Ah, get back on it. You're fine. It's not that bad. Here, let me super glue that deep cut back together. But moms generally have more compassion than we as dads do. The Bible even picks up on this because God, again, in Isaiah 66, verses 10 through 13, says these things. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice with her joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious abundance. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip, and bounced upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Here is God drawing upon the relationship of a mother, of the compassion of a mother to her child. And God says, just like that consoling mother, I will comfort you. That through mothers we see the compassion of God. 
Now, my wife, long before we had children, taught me true compassion. That any time we would be riding down the road or pull up to a red light and there would be someone who was standing on the side of the road that was in need, she would always give them money. Sometimes I would be a little bit judgmental, shame on me for doing that, and she has truly taught me compassion. That any time I now see an individual like that, I am going to do everything that I can to try to help them, and that's something that she has taught me. That before we had children, as we led youth groups for many years, she treated those kids like her own children. I can see godly compassion in many of you. The way that you care for each other, the way that you're ministering to one another, the compassionate love that you are showing to each other is all for the glory of God. And can I just say this? You don't have to have biological children to be a mother. That most of us probably had a second mom, someone who treated us like their own child. Many who serve as teachers treat children as their own that they love and comfort and care for them as, as if they were their own children, that many people open their homes to children who are not theirs through the foster care system, through adoption, even many of you do that as well. And that if you're wanting to be a mother, you don't have to wait until you have your own child to fill that gap, to fill that need in the life of another individual. That if you have this calling upon you to be a mother type figure to someone else, then do it. Be a mother. Be what God created you to be. We need you to mother. Our mothers have, have blessed us more than we will ever know. They have given to us more than we could ever imagine. But one of the ways that they have blessed us, and they may not even know it, is that through them, we see the glory of God on display. When God created women, and when God created mothers, he gave us a glimpse of himself. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you and praise you for the desires you place within our hearts, the godly ones, the intrinsic ones, the ones that are woven in there from conception. I thank you that motherhood goes well beyond just having babies. And I thank you for what my mom's love has revealed to me about you, what my sister reveals to me about you, what my wife, what my daughters, what my grandmothers reveal to me about you, about your character, about your compassion, and about your love. Will you teach us, Father? Will you teach women how to walk in this role, how to operate in this role, and how to function in this role? I pray that older women would connect with younger women so that they might walk with them there. Father, today we celebrate you and how you have displayed yourself in so many different ways. Father, we love you, and it's for your beautiful name that we pray. Amen.